we missed the money. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. I can't believe we're doing Wu-Tang Clan sucks, huh? Yeah, I'm trying to die tonight. It's funny when you search bands like Cream on Google, you have to put Cream Band. Because if you just search Cream sucks, it's like Wu-Tang Wu Clan or like people that are like lactose intolerant are like, yeah, fuck Cream. How shitty is Cream? And it's like, oh, they're actually talking about, you know, cream it's legitimately a bad band name just for that reason well, it only existed for three years so fuck this 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 episode should be as long 10 minutes for every year this band even existed 10 minutes so this is gonna be what a 30 25 minute episode it's also even worse when you realize why they chose the name cream it's because they're assholes yeah it's exactly that it's because they were all in bands that had previously gotten attention on the rock scene in England, and a lot of people think of this as the first supergroup, which is fucking hilarious because if Eric Clapton didn't go on to have the solo career that he had, nobody would give a shit about the bands that they were originally in, but people did at the time. So when these guys came together to form Cream, they themselves were referring to themselves as the cream of the crop. We're the best. This band name basically means we are the best. There's a, <laughs> I will say this. All the way up until this very moment in time, at least Eric Clapton has legitimately kept the Venn diagram of cream backslash Eric Clapton fans and pure assholes a perfect circle. There's no chance that you loved cream slash Eric Clapton and you're not a complete piece of shit. No chance you're not. You're a dickhead. The reason why we have to do an episode on cream is a, there is enough material and B fucking obviously at some point, we're going to do an entirely separate episode on Eric Clapton. Holy shit. That guy's songs. What the fuck? I know. That's the thing is, is I, I wonder, okay, people forget. So Clapton explodes again in the nineties with tears from heaven, whatever. And so many people in that moment go back and listen to Cream or things that Clapton did before. I just want, I mean, Cream has some obviously massive songs that probably everyone knows the words to or has heard at some point in their life, unfortunately. Yeah, like, but like three, <laughs> like three of them. Yeah, they have three hits that everyone knows. But uh, maybe, maybe two. <laughs> but uh, I just wonder how many bands or how many people, this is for sure a band that would have just faded into obscurity minus the two songs or three songs that everyone knows. Yeah, Nobody yeah. would ever talk to them again, yeah. but we have to talk about them again because at some point in time, Eric Clapton went on. It's definitely his uh, fault. Agree. Like, even though this was regarded as a super group at the time. It's his fault that we're still having yeah. to talk about this shit. Exactly. What I said about the first bands these guys were in also would apply to Cream if Eric Clapton didn't go on and do that. Yes. But this is an episode on cream. When we talk about why white British dudes should have left the blues completely alone, there are a lot of very good reasons. One of them is that these dudes clearly demonstrate a total lack of understanding of what the genre even is. And if you don't believe that, if you think that these British white guys actually clocked the blues, legitimately internalized it, were able to actually perform the thing for what the thing is, I would love for you to go listen to the Cream song, Sleepy Time Time. 
from their first album. The music on the song is a fairly incompetent and extremely hacky version of a straightforward blues with Clapton fucking up over half of the bends in his lead by close to a quarter step as he does throughout this and every Cream album. And here are some lyrics from the song. I'm a sleepy time baby, a sleepy time boy. Work only maybe, life is a joy. Then the chorus is him saying the words, we'll have a sleepy time time over and over, sleepy time all the time. I would truly love to know if B.B. King ever heard this song Please, if anyone happens to be aware of B.B. King having heard this song, I would love to know how much he had to have motherfucking hated this shit. I would just. It's like a children's uh, cartoon show making fun of the blues. There's got to be so many moments in history, specifically with Cream, just as an example, where all these like really amazing blues artists that are just writing these amazing blues songs and they listen to Cream and they're like, what the fuck? And it's just exploding and everyone loves it. And they're literally going, I will fight these fucking guys if I ever see them. I cannot believe that people like this because you could literally listen to almost anything else from this time period and go, that is a better version of this. Listen to the BB King song, Chains and Things. Listen to the Otis Rush song, My Love Will Never Die. We are talking about the difference between Olympian athletes and a six-year-old children's soccer team. Yeah. It's embarrassing, man. Yes. And the fact that so many dudes who have a soul patch and wear a stupid fucking pork pie hat and refer to themselves as having soul make this their whole identity, not blues, Eric Clapton and Cream and all, all these British bands, their version of the blues. What is happening? It is genuinely the most embarrassing thing. It's more embarrassing than rockabilly. It and is, that is oh, fucking embarrassing. Jesus, that is, that's a deep cut, bro. That's deep. That's, that's tough. But I agree. You took what was great and you were like, let's make it mediocre fucking bullshit. This is so good. Okay, blues is cool, but what if it was made by racists? Yeah. If Cream is your favorite band, I legitimately think you have the worst taste in music on earth. I don't think there are very many people who would say that. You suck. If Cream is in your top five favorite bands, fuck you. You (laughs) you have terrible taste in music. What is wrong with you? First of all, they existed for fucking no time at all. No one gave a shit. They wrote two songs, three songs that anyone even cares about. And they shouldn't have. They should have written those songs and given them to anybody else to play. That would have been their greatest contribution to music if Cream didn't exist, but they wrote these songs and let somebody else with actually an ounce of soul in their body. They're not good songs. That would be terrible. Robin Trower once quoted Eric Clapton as saying that he went into Cream a blues player and came out a rock guitarist, to which Robin Trower replied, quote, If it's that easy to lose your ability to play the blues, you never really had it. End quote. Exactly. People put it on a pedestal because it's hard. It's not easy. You can't fake it. It's either there or it's not. Of course, it's easy to go from being a blues guitar player to a rock guitar player because it's backwards. (laughs) You're supposed to go the other way. You're supposed to go from a rock guitar player to a blues guitar player. You're supposed to get better, (laughs) not worse. (laughs) It's the fucking truest thing you have ever said on this show. 
the only band that these guys were in before Cream that anyone still cares about is the Yardbirds, the one that Eric Clapton was in. If Eric Clapton was the only guitar player who was ever in the Yardbirds, no one would care about the Yardbirds either. Easily the worst lead guitar player who was ever in that band. The other two are Jeff Beck, who I'm pretty sure is an alien because of what he can do with a guitar, and Jimmy Page, who, yeah, is sloppy live, but give him a recording studio and he's going to blow your dick off. It's insane to me that there's anyone who would rather listen to Eric Clapton play guitar than Jimmy Page or Jeff Beck. Why? How? How and why? What do you like? He can't bend to pitch i mean that's a pretty big part of playing lead he's rigid shitty guitar player he's soulless there's no feeling there you can't fake feeling that's just the fucking truth you can play the riffs of songs the feeling behind it you can't fake it is a real thing Listen to how awful his lead playing is on the song sweet wine we're talking jimmy page live levels of sloppiness except this is in a recording studio. Therefore, I think it's extremely safe to assume what we're hearing is the best take Clapton could get after trying and failing to get a clean take the way that Jimmy Page would have done in the studio. It's very important to note how awful this band was from the very beginning because, and if anyone replying to this episode tells me you love the whole first Cream album, I absolutely do not believe you. I think you're lying. The reason it's important to recognize that this band sucked from the start This is a early example of a rock band that the fans talk about as if they were amazing at the start and then went to shit. This is a standard thing that people always say about Cream is like, yeah, they weren't good by the end of it, but they used to be amazing. Listen to the train wreck version of Rollin' and Tumblin' on Fresh Cream where they didn't even bother to look up the goddamn lyrics of the song, okay? And then listen to Rosalie Hill's Rosalie, R-O-S-A-L-I-E, Hill Like Blueberry Hill. Her definitive version of the song from years earlier. That is the difference between good music and bad music, and it is plain as day. If you can't hear that, pack it in. Just forget about trying to talk to people about the music that you like, because you're not good at listening to music, Mm -hmm. and you're definitely not going to be good at talking about it. Just give up on music altogether. Speaking of people being too stupid to even know what they're hearing, I would love to know how many folks approaching this era of music from way after the fact, you know, like people now, their dad listens to Layla all the time. So they go back and check out the Layla guy's first band. I would love to know how many of those people think that they're listening to Eric Clapton sing every one of these songs. Sure. I would say a vast majority of people don't even realize who they're listening to for sure. Nowadays, now looking back, no doubt. It's mind-blowing that people consider Clapton to be a god-tier guitarist when one of the main reasons that Cream broke up is even Eric Clapton hated listening to Eric Clapton play guitar. That is a fact. That's awesome. That is as much of a fact as a fact can be a fact. Cream didn't have a lot of songs rehearsed when they started, so when they played shows, they had to turn the few songs they did know how to play together into long jam sessions, and that is what people came to expect when they went to a Cream concert. Clapton's touring with this band year-round, playing night after night, slowly comes to the realization that the shit he's playing in these jam sessions All sounds the same. He doesn't seem to be getting any better at the instrument or progressing in really any way. And he gets this whole complex about it. You can look this up if you think I'm lying. 
he wasn't just sick of his own playing. He was sick of the music the entire band was playing. There is a 1974 interview he did with Rolling Stone magazine where he talks about how he felt like a con man for basically the entire last year that he was in Cream because he had become certain the music they were playing was bad, but the audience kept loving it. Mm. He knew for a fact he was in a band people were going to convince themselves they loved no matter how badly the band played, and he hated himself for it. I just love the idea of him saying that somebody like he said that to a fucking reporter (laughs) so do you have any idea how strongly you have to feel something like that yeah to undermine the band that you were just in completely and it's not like he's one of the dudes who hates the other guys in this band it's the other two guys in the band that hate each other clapton's fine with everyone Mm -hmm. He, he doesn't have a reason to say this shit unless it's true yeah i mean god damn the fact that the fact that like this interview happens in time and anybody continues to listen to cream after the fact really shows you how fucking terrible people are at at deciphering music or respecting yourself. Like have some fucking self-respect. If the guy in the band is saying that he's not proud of it and that it sucks, maybe you should also stop listening to it. Yo, do me a favor real quick if you're listening to this podcast. Which you uh, are. You're obviously listening to this podcast. Do you think they're listening to the podcast right now? They're still listening. (laughs) Yeah, I guess they're listening, yeah. We really need you to subscribe wherever you're listening. Hit the subscribe button. Definitely make sure you're subscribed. We've got merch now. What, shirts and pins and stickers and stuff? Yeah, on the website. Go to our website, yfbspod.com. Just do it. Just do it. That would be a good slogan for something. we should make a shirt. Okay. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If one of the members of the band says, okay, this band sucks, well, why are we even here talking about it? You all should have stopped listening to this shit. In Eric Clapton's own opinion, cream is music for people who cannot tell the difference between good music and bad music, cannot intelligently critique what they're listening to and decide whether it's good or bad. But for some reason, he continues to go on with his career and do other things for some reason. Instead of going, this was fun, guys. I'm not a good guitar player and I never will be. Goodbye. He talks about, obviously, he's giving these interviews and he says that he hated being in the band for the entire last year. The last year, they were in the band for fucking two and a half years, exactly. dude. Get the fuck out of me. Exactly. You were literally in a band for a year and a half exactly. before that. And hate is a very strong word. I think it's fair to assume you could use words like not loving it. For the first year, this was an idea that they had and none of them ever really fully got into it. Their response to telling everyone that they were going to be in a band together, finding out that it's not actually a good band was fuck it. Let's just make more noise. Let's just start jamming out. We'll just play a lot of extra stuff. We'll just give people more, 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 more. Also, uh, Clapton is playing through new Marshalls, uh, new Marshall amplifiers that hadn't existed. Both of them are Clapton and Jack Bruce are playing through loud fucking guitar amps that hadn't existed. People are hearing a sound that they've never heard before. They're getting confused and they think that the sound is fucking incredible. Like the first movies that were made, 
the technology blew people's fucking minds. You know, there's a very famous story about one of the first things that anyone filmed was a train like coming toward the lens and people watching it in a early theater blown away diving out of the way because they oh, think the sure. train is coming at him yeah, yeah, yeah. but like that doesn't mean that's the best train sequence ever filmed or even that, or <laughs> right. that it was yes. even good yes. man it's cream they're not good they're just fucking loud and you haven't heard loud before it sounds good to you because it's it's a new experience man yeah the first blowjob you got probably wasn't very good either. But it was in your head as being the best thing ever happened yeah. to you. Because at the time, maybe it was. You came in three seconds. Good time. Yeah. The reason why I said all that is I know for a fact, one of the things that people are going to try to use to argue Cream's case is they released the first platinum selling double album. No, that's not awesome because of everything that we have talked about so far in this episode. It's a bad band. They knew it was a bad band and their response to being in a bad band was to just give people more of it at a louder volume. That's why they made the fucking double album in the first place. Them knowing that only idiots were going to buy it isn't an argument for the album being good or double albums being a good idea. Cream released Wheels of Fire, a double album that sold a million copies, and that's why so many bands immediately decided that it was a great idea to make double albums. It's not. It wasn't then. It's not now. It's never been a good idea to make a double album. God damn, they paved the way for the shittiest thing that bands ever do. Double fucking album. Of which 90% of, not well, in Cream's situation, 99% of the songs fucking suck. Yeah, that's a bad album. Your parents bought this shit because of probably one song on the entire album that for some reason stuck out in their head. The thing about bands like Cream and those albums is it just paved the way for so much shit. On the band side, it said, it's okay to put out a double album. Look, we sold a million copies. This is good music. This is good blues. Listen how good these guys played their instruments. And a whole generation of people said, yeah, man. They just ruined entire generations of people's brains to think that this is quality music. Two albums of shit. Cream has this reputation of being one of the best live bands of all time. And that is so hilarious because there's so much footage out there of this band sucking all of the ass. After they decided to break up, they did a farewell concert. You can find it on YouTube. They opened with the song White Room. And at first you'll think mm, the song's stupid, but at least they are playing it mostly like the record. Then Eric Clapton begins playing a lead and you realize this band should definitely have hired a touring guitarist to play rhythm because when the rhythm guitar drops out, everything turns into guitar center levels of people who don't sound like they're even trying to play the same song. The curse of the three piece yes. rock band. At the end of the day, everything that's been recorded and everyone knows because they listen to the radio at the time or they listen to your albums on vinyl or eight track, certainly there are not just three people that they're listening to play these songs. So if you play them live, it just so happens that maybe the song is missing a few items. And if you don't want to admit that performance of that song is terrible, check out the rest of the concert, specifically the songs Politician or I'm So Glad or sitting on top of the world, or Spoonful, it'll make you wonder why anyone ever thought Cream was a good band. Half the songs I just mentioned are covers of older blues songs that you can and should go listen to the originals. You will instantly learn why there's no reason to listen to Cream play those songs. 
There was never a reason for any of this to exist, no, man. It's just no. Well, there is when you have a giant ego and you think you're a great guitar player at the time. If people are calling you a super group from the jump, you eat your own shit and believe it, right? Yeah, man, we're a fucking super group. Every one of these bands fucking great, man. We're so fucking talented. The band Sublime contributed more to their covers of all the songs that they covered than Cream contributed to covers that they did. Pretty inarguable, honestly. Compare the discographies, compare the originals to what the latter band did with them. Sublime comes out a better band than Cream. Sorry. Uh, Cream was barely paying attention to each other when they played. Jack Bruce had a reputation of turning his amps up as loud as they would go because he only really cared about hearing himself. Clapton is on record that there was one concert where he just stopped playing to see if either Jack Bruce or Ginger Baker would notice and neither of them did. Just jamming. Why be in a band, man? What's the point? That's fundamentally a bad band. One of them can stop playing and the other two don't know. What? How are you a fan of this band? And you're still just like, yep, probably gonna go get a cream tattoo later today. <laughs> in fairness to cream, they were only a band for two years. It wouldn't even matter if these guys were the best people to ever play their particular instruments because they're not playing it with the rest of the band. That's what a band is for. Maybe this is a common story also with quote unquote, heavy, I'm using heavy quotes here, super groups. You have people that come into a musical agreement with each other that already have massive egos. They already have everyone around them saying, dude, you're the best singer. You're the best drummer. You're the best guitar player, whatever. So they're coming into this situation already with these fucking mind-blowing lack of uh, uh, personal reflection. They think that they're God's gift to everything. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense to me that Clapton stops playing the other like not even noticing it because they're already just living in their own head. That's all they're doing is a whole mess. It's a three-piece, a bunch of dudes that only care about what they're doing. They're never really a band. It's just a group of random fucking guys that already had success jamming together and shitting out a couple songs. Some success. And then they break up. Some success. Yes, not very successful. success. This level of ego response to the level of success that they had is, is off the charts. Wildly disproportionate, yes. man. This <laughs> does so not make sense. Not, it's not equal. I would love to know how many times Clapton was humbled in his life. I would assume many. It would literally be like you had one tweet go viral on Twitter and then went to New York City to try to get a book deal. Like that is the equivalent of response to the reaction to what they had already done at this point mm. for another example of how shitty this band always was even in a controlled environment where they have the opportunity to play a song again and again until they get it right listen to the song strange brew this is the opening track of disraeli gear this is the first song on the album this band puts out a new album this is the first song that fans are going to hear on the album right you would want to make a good impression in that situation usually Usually about 80 seconds into the song, they're coming out of the chorus into the guitar solo. Ginger fucks up the beat at the exact moment that Jack hits a wrong note on bass. Both of them make independent mistakes at the same fucking time on the first song of the album. Again, presumably the reason why it's on the album is it's the best take they got that day. Mm -hmm. Clapton's playing on that song is an attempt to rip off the guitar from Albert King's songs, Crosscut Saw and Oh Pretty Woman, which you should listen to because both of those records tower over anything Cream ever even thought about doing. 
Honestly, if anyone's ever listened to the Jimi Hendrix Experience albums and wondered why that band was so bad at playing songs together, it's almost certainly because Cream had already demonstrated you didn't have to be able to do that to have a successful band. Cream set a precedent and it lowered the standards yes. across the board to the point where one of the best guitarists to ever live phoned in a bunch of hack bullshit, taped together, spliced together recordings. People think that's genius. Can you imagine the albums we would have from Jimi Hendrix if Eric Clapton, Jack Bruce, and Ginger Baker hadn't made this the gold standard? Yeah, that's the power of something going so big is that influences so many other people that change the trajectory of what they're making. Because um, I don't know if podcast listenership understand this, but a lot of musicians just want to be rich and famous. So they're going to follow the trends. Follow the leader, man. Exactly. Yeah. So if cream rises to the top, pun in fucking tended, then yeah, they're going to dumb their shit down because they too want to be fucking rich and famous. The greatest contribution of cream to music is they made so much other music worse. They influenced other guitar players to be worse. You want to be rich? You want to be famous? You want to sell as many albums as us? You need to suck more. It's not much of a surprise that Cream had such a hard time keeping songs together because as I alluded to earlier, their rhythm section absolutely hated each other. In fact, that may be the only thing Jack Bruce and Ginger Baker ever agreed on was that they hated each other. Yeah. One time Ginger Baker threatened Jack Bruce with a knife in the middle of a concert. It's pretty awesome, dude. If this was a punk rock band, I'd be like, that's fucking hard as hell. But it's not. It's a fake blues rock band, so it doesn't actually work out as to be as cool. Now, if he smashed a beer bottle over his head and didn't threaten, I mean, I might be like, that's kind of cool. But threatening him with a knife and you're not a punk rock band, I mean. Can you imagine being threatened by a British guy? <laughs> no. I, that's a, <laughs> Oi! Fuck off. You're not Jason Statham. I don't care. Uh, obviously, the general public and most music critics are too ignorant to be able to tell the difference between the uh, first guy they've ever heard play blues riffs on a Gibson through loud as fuck recently invented Marshall amplifiers and Jimi Hendrix coming along to do the same thing. But a lot of people who paid real attention to music and a lot of musicians at the time could certainly tell the difference. It's not like the modern backlash against Cream is a result of Eric Clapton's dreadful solo career or anything like that. There were definitely people who hated this at the time. They just weren't the tastemakers. They just weren't the people with the platforms. They were playing real music in a recording studio or a jazz club somewhere in front of 45 people like Jeff Beck has spent his life doing. Richie Blackmore of Deep Purple began playing sessions for Joe Meek in the year 1960. So he was totally around where and when cream happened and the nicest thing that he could bring himself to say about clapton's guitar playing is that it was competent <laughs> Dude, that which is, is such a bitchy oh. thing to say for, oh one, for one guitar player to say about <laughs> another guitar competent yo that's the equivalent of saying this guy sucks i mean if you put him on stage he can technically oh. do like most of the stuff that you're supposed to be able to I do. I shouldn't say this, but this is the equivalent of what I do to people, which is <laughs> when people ask me like, oh, you like, should definitely not say whatever you're about to say. <laughs> no, I'm going to say it because it's funny. 
when somebody asks you like what do you think about this band and you go man they're great guys or oh the, the nice guy thing yes. yeah fuck <laughs> I, I mean them. everyone knows that one they're great i make but fun of that one they're all the time. really fantastic people Dude, my dream is for and in real life i'm not an asshole but i do play one on tv my dream is always like that guy's such a dick but his work is just undeniable to me, because because of the nice guy thing, and I've yeah, seen it to, my whole life, it it's the total opposite becomes a compliment for sure. me. Like I want people to think he's got to be such a dickhead, like, but Jesus, he's so good at what he does. <laughs> That's yes. so much better. That guy is a complete asshole, but he's fucking great. Okay, well, I'm not paying him to be nice. I'm paying yeah. him to be fucking no. awesome. I, like I didn't buy the album because he's nice. I bought it because I want to hear some shit. Play. It's like a reaction, though, to being like... I like them as people. I hear someone say a version of that probably every single day living in Nashville. Yeah, I was going to say every single day. Yeah. I don't know if that's true everywhere. I'm positive that LA has the same thing. LA, New York, Nashville, Boston with comedians, New York with comedians, actors and shit too. It's a really polite way of saying they suck. It's an entertainment business way of saying, Jesus, it's bad, right? Yes. (laughs) But what's funny is knowing that laying that is the groundwork if i said someone was competent to me that is basically <laughs> like, even worse it's dude, even no, so it's much worse dude that's way worse it's ultimate fuck you really i wouldn't even say that because i would feel bad if you're eric clapton and you find out that someone said you were a competent guitar player you would actually wish that they had said you were a terrible guitar player yeah. because you could position that as professional jealousy sure or well, they must just not like what I do. But this is this guy saying, I understand entirely the source material of where he's coming from. I know exactly what he is practiced and what he is trying to play. And the best thing I can say about it is that it's competent. Oof. Fuck. Holy shit. Rest in peace, man. Honestly, R.I.P. on is, that. Like you're fucking dead at that point. Talk about a fucking knife fight. That's like straight stab to the throat. The other thing I know people are going to say we're going to get so many versions of some bullshit like, well, Cream might not be the best band ever, but you, look at what music was like at the time. You've just got to think about what music was like at the time, as if music was just bad back then. And that's the way that it was in olden days. Dude, a band, most of you who are going to say that have probably never heard of or else you wouldn't say that. The Blues Project released their second album, Projections, the month before Cream put out their first album. This band was already happening, and they smoke Cream in every direction. Go listen to just the first song on the second Blues Project album, and any person with decent taste is going to wonder why you've ever heard of the band Cream. I have somebody who remain nameless. Maybe someday we'll we'll bring him on the podcast because he's really funny. Uh, I asked him, what do you think about cream? And he's like, nah, man, never really my thing. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I never really got into the blues. I don't play an instrument. I don't play guitar. So I never really pursued, which I felt, you know, I feel like if you're a guitar player, it's a great place to try to learn, blah, blah, blah. And I never yep. did that shit. So I never really explored the blues as a genre. But when you do an episode on cream, you have to listen to a variety of music and you quickly realize how much other stuff existed that was just so much better. There's a, a handful of people that are just undeniably great, but then there's so much stuff that's in the middle, way above cream. That's the thing is, there's so many other things that were out at the time that should have been way bigger, that we would never do an episode on. They never got big enough. Way better guitar players, way better musicianship, way better songwriters, more interesting. But here we are, we've talked about this shit fucking headband. The other thing about Cream, uh, specifically when it comes to the albums, 
Hendrix released Are You Experienced right before Cream recorded most of Disraeli Gears. And Disraeli Gears is the album where Cream began working with Felix Papalardi, who would later form the band Mountain, who kicks ass. And Disraeli Gears also had Tom Dowd as the engineer. I hope everyone listening to this already knows how big of a deal Tom Dowd was. And if you want to hear why Felix Papalardi mattered a lot at this time, Go listen to the two albums he produced and played on for a band named The Youngbloods. Just check out the song Don't Play Games if you would like to learn about a banger you've never heard before. Or you can listen to their version of CC Rider to hear exactly how a three-piece blues rock band doing a guitar solo without rhythm guitar should sound. If you listen to Disraeli Gears and know the story about Hendrix fucking Clapton's whole life up during a jam session with Cream in Europe, there's just no way Cream did not bring that Hendrix album into the studio and ask studio musicians to help them try to do their own version of it. Mm. I mean, Eric Clapton got a fucking perm to look more like Jimi Hendrix, so this is not exactly a harebrained theory. You can just listen to the albums to hear it. By the way, definitely Google image search uh, Eric Clapton with a perm. I know. Some, actually, I looked at old pictures of them. It'll and make I was you like, embarrassed to be white. <laughs> this is brutal. It's even it's for the bad. time. Everyone looked kind of goofy. They are way beyond the pale of goofy. Didn't you tell? I feel like maybe you told me off mic one time, whatever. But there was like some story that Clapton was it Clapton. They went to go see somebody play. No, that's the Hendrix story. It was I mean, Hendrix where he was like, oh, it was Hendrix. I've, I have told it on the podcast before, and I guess I should say it. But um, when Hendrix went over to Europe, he wanted to play with Cream. Only thing he wanted to do, because everyone thought that Eric Clapton was the best guitarist or whatever. Hendrix wanted to jam with him. And everyone over there thought that that was a completely insane idea. Like who could possibly be good enough to get on stage with cream? Why would anyone even want to do that? Blah, 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 blah. Someone arranges it. Hendrix gets up, calls off a song and just starts, you know, being Jimi Hendrix. Clapton can't even play. He's just standing there with his hands, not doing anything on the guitar. He just walks off stage at a certain point in the middle of the song. He just leaves. And so now you've got Hendrix on stage with the rest of Cream, <laughs> fucking destroying any concept of Eric Clapton being a great guitarist. Then the story goes that someone went backstage and Eric Clapton was back there smoking a cigarette. And all he could say was, you never told me he was that fucking good. <laughs> there are other stories like uh, Pete Townsend. The first time he saw Hendrix play, he might have cried. Or like he, he said, I could practice for the rest of my life and I'm never going to be able to do any of that stuff. This guy is the end of me. I'm done. Obviously, that ended up not being the case because, again, people have generally really bad taste in most things. Which I'm kind of thankful for that people have bad taste because that's why this podcast exists. If you all actually like genuinely quality music, we wouldn't be able to sit here and do this. So thank you. And I hope you continue to have complete shit taste music. To wrap all of this up, we probably cannot include a clip without having to deal with YouTube's horrible copyright system because Cream officially released this as part of a box set in the late 90s. But I would strongly encourage anyone who's still listening to go find the radio commercial Cream did for Falstaff beer in the 1960s. No matter how bad you think it is, it's so much worse. 
it's so much worse than just letting a company use your song. It's so much worse than just being in a commercial as a person and saying stuff a copywriter wrote for you to say. It's Cream, the band, playing their bullshit music and Jack Bruce singing lyrics that presumably he wrote about why you should drink Falstaff beer. Mm. It's one of the most embarrassing things I've ever heard in my entire life. It's extra hilarious, too, because one of the reasons that Eric Clapton said he left the band The Yardbirds is because they were getting too commercial when what he wanted to play was blues songs. He wanted to be a straight up hardcore, stick to the way it sounds, blues guitarist. So then he starts the band Cream, but doesn't know they don't know enough blues songs to be able to play. I mean, he's literally on record as not being able to figure out how to play the song Killing Floor, which is one of the reasons why he was so fucked up by Hendrix playing it with Cream. That's the song that Hendrix started playing when he sat in with Cream. It was a song that Clapton couldn't wrap his head around being able to play. Yeah. Instead of being a blues band, Cream has to become a half-ass jam band until Eric Clapton figures out he's not good enough at guitar to play improvised solos night after night. So they make a fucking beer commercial and then he goes on to have a solo career full of such middle of the road adult contemporary commercial music that he makes the Yardbirds, a band he said was getting too commercial, sound like fucking MC5. What a career arc, man. Holy shit. The thing is, is that someday we're going to do a Eric Clapton episode where we continue on to the future of Eric Clapton and all the shit that he decided to bestow upon the world that's gonna be a long episode i mean i think there's this is something that i've realized over all the episodes that we've done this podcast and doing this podcast has reiterated this even more to me artists especially musicians want to present themselves as being very serious people <laughs> i'm very serious about my guitar playing or my songwriting already hilarious I take this very fucking serious and then they do a goddamn commercial for mcdonald's or a beer which is fine, get paid. But like, it's really hard to present yourself as this really serious, I take my art super fucking serious, but also doing this Burger King commercial in the same breath, it doesn't mesh. You're already fucking rich. You don't need the money from the giant corporate whatever interest, yet you take it because you're a silly little tiny person that just loves money doing dumbass fucking commercials for smart water or vitamin water or beer or fucking McDonald's. The funniest thing about the uh, cream beer commercial, it must've been a word that they were using in their ads at the time. But Jack Bruce keeps talking about how Falstaff is the thirst slaker, mm. which if you don't own a thesaurus, <laughs> uh, that would be like thirst quencher basically. But, it's the word slaker specifically. So he's like, Falstaff, yeah. the first slaker, the only beer that slakes your thirst. It just, it's fucking insane to listen to. If you find this on YouTube, go to the comments. It's a bunch of fucking cream fan boys, which really are fan grandpas at this point, trying to convince themselves that it's awesome that the band did this. They're all like, Jesus. holy shit, man. If all commercials were like this, I would listen to commercials. How cool is it of them to do? It's like, no, guys, this is not cool, man. It's so cringy. If any dude. band you didn't like did this, you would shit on them relentlessly for doing 100%. it. Apply your standards or don't. Idiotic jingles that some asshole in an office in New York City wrote for them. 
with a smile on their face. I get why they do it as a business person, but you don't get to be a serious fucking artist that takes themselves so serious and also sing the fucking vitamin water jingle, whatever that may be. One of my favorite things I found was from an October 1978 issue of Cream Magazine. That's C-R-E-E-M Magazine. And they recently put their entire archive on a website and you should start using it if you ever plan on talking about music to anyone. This is a magazine who I'm sure a lot of people believe named themselves after the band Cream in 1969, the year after Cream the band broke up. But in 1978, Cream Magazine's news section at the front had a little blurb that began... After denying the rumor for months, the dreaded cream reunion did take place in England recently at a polo club owned by Ginger Baker. Let me tell you people one thing right motherfucking now. If you ever at any point in your life find yourself the owner of a polo club, you definitively do not rock. Polo, that's the one with horses and mallets and (laughs) stupid hats. (laughs) Rewind. They called it the dreaded, the dreaded cream reunion. (laughs) That alone. So funny to me. It's such an offhand comment about something. We all assume that we could all agree. This Uh, is fucking terrible, right? I just love that. I love that comment. The (laughs) dreaded cream reunion at a fucking polo club, which is the equivalent in America of having it, I guess, at a country club, which is the least blues rock and roll place to ever have a fucking rock and roll show ever in the history of time dude i think a country club is actually be cooler than a polo club top two worst country club at least has a fucking swimming pool i assume that the only thing going on at a polo club is polo this is the least (laughs) rock and roll place you could possibly have a show uh if your favorite band is cream your favorite band definitely sucks You are welcome for listening to another Your Grandpa Was Always Wrong About Rock Music episode of Your Favorite Band Sucks. We have a new t-shirt design in our merch shop. It's metal as hell. You're definitely going to want to own one as soon as you see it. So go see it at shop.yfbspod.com. Do it today. Do not delay. Do it right now. All right, as you may have guessed, Jeff Beck was still alive when we recorded this, which is why you heard me refer to him in the present tense. If you're one of those people who really only gets into artists after they die, fate has cleared you to enter your Jeff Beck phase. And uh, that's about all I need to say in this outro. As always, if you enjoyed the episode, then share it however you feel like. Post about it. Talk about it with your friends. Whatever you can do to spread the gospel of your favorite band sucks. If you did not enjoy the episode, I am terribly sorry that you're wrong. That must be difficult for you on a near daily basis. But hey, you'll get another chance when the podcast returns. Because we will be addressing further facts on the subject of Soundgarden Sucks.